The Ref Radio Sports Network is powered statewide by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510. It's time for The Rush with Tyler McComas and Travis Davidson. Sound off on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line at 405-651-3439. Hit the guys up on the Riverwind Casino call-in line at 405-329-9000. Live from the Buffalo Wild Wing Studios, it's The Rush with Tyler McComas and Travis Davidson. Dylan's been in this system, not just at Oklahoma, but since Central Florida, um, what, six years? I mean, he's a kid that, elite precision, you know, he's a guy that knows what his answers are. He's... He's almost the offensive coordinator at times on the football field and, you know, can make all the throws. He's really athletic, obviously much different this year because he's healthy and, you know, he's just playing at an elite, at elite level. And, you know, you, you're going to have to, you're not even then talking about everything else around him. You know, the receiving core is back, the, the running backs are back, the offensive line is back. So, you know, they, they are a football team that's clicking on all cylinders right now. Well, kind of. I mean... The receivers are back. The offensive line is back. The running backs are back. Some of them, kind of. I mean, Marvin Mims isn't back. Uh, You have some offensive linemen that are gone from last year. Eric Gray at running back. But I I guess I'll let Matt Campbell have that. Um, It it was an interesting opening remark from his press conference, guys, in that he acknowledged that OU is hitting on all cylinders right now, playing well on both sides. But he acted like it's the offense that is outpacing the defense right now for OU. And, I mean, anyone around here that's watched the team would say, well, I think the defense has been more impressive than the offense up to this point. So, I don't know. Maybe he hasn't fully gotten into film study just yet. I I just found the the comments there by Matt Campbell a little bit interesting. He's, uh, he's impressed by the offense. He's impressed by the defense, too. But it kind of led on that he's been uh, a little bit more impressed by the OU offense up to this point. Here's the question. At the top of hour number two, this is to you, this is to Travis, this is the text line, this is to everybody. After a four-game sample size, how many games will OU win in the regular season? 11. 12, 11, 10, 9, 8 or fewer. Those are the options. 11. 405-651-3439. You say 11. 11. Why why 11 after a four-game sample size? Well, I'm saying – our defense is better than we thought it was going to be. And so I think that puts us in a position not to lose a stupid game that we kind of maybe had penciled in earlier. That's at least how I did it at the beginning of the season is like we're going to lose something stupid. Um, so I think there's a there, Texas is a really good team. I think we beat Texas and still lose one more game. But if not, I think we lose to Texas and that lights a fire for the rest of the season. So that's where I'm at. I just think that our defense – is putting us in a position to not lose that stupid game that we all kind of accounted for this year. The Big 12 sucks. Yeah. They are down. They are not good. Kansas is their best team right now. And I'm saying they're like we're already gone. Kansas is their best team. They're ranked 25, and I don't know who they've played, right? You talk about who Oklahoma's played. I don't know who Kansas has played. A BYU team that beat Arkansas? Okay, maybe, but still not great. We lose one more game, if that. For all the reasons that you just listed, it really needs to be 11. It really needs to be 11. It'd be nice if it's 12. It'd be great if it's 12. But it really needs to be 
at least 11 for what the rest of your schedule looks like, what you look like, just everything. Like, you've got a real opportunity here to push for an 11-1 regular season. You say 11. Travis Davidson, what do you think? Four-game sample size. How many games is OU winning in the regular season? Um, You know, I'll go with 11. And, and I think what's interesting throughout this process has been, or at least throughout last week, was no Justin Harrington. No R. Mason Thomas. Those are two guys, Tyler, that you and I spoke about preseason as two of our best defensive players. I think most people had R. Mason Thomas leading the team in sacks and Justin Harrington being the starting cheetah. I know Teddy was, you know, talking about that, you know, sky's the limit, almost like an All-American type situation going on there. So you're missing those guys, um, obviously dealing with health, you know, kind of all over the defense, really. And, and you still find a way to make it happen. Obviously, Reggie Pearson doesn't travel. And all Key Lawrence does is uh, be rated the highest safety uh, in the entire country by PFF. So I think for that reason, uh, the defense can carry us to 11 wins. I think it's giving this the appropriate amount of time to figure out the running back room. I think it gives Dylan a little bit of leeway to, you know, every once in a while, if he doesn't make the uh, make the right decision or make the right throw, it's not something that's really going to cost you a game. I feel like last year with the 122nd-ranked defense, too many times he had to go try and pull the defense out of a fire, and and he couldn't do it all the time. And, and, and you know, that's a lot of people's knock on him, but you look, at, you look back at games like Texas Tech and Kansas State, I mean, those games he balled out of control and uh, wasn't able to pull – pull the defense out of the fire this year you're winning because of defense and and i think we're going to be in a really really good position especially on the road down the stretch i think it's 11 and 1 as well after a four game sample size um a lot of that is because of the schedule but a, a big part of that as well is because of, of this defense up to this point and you know I, i'm not going to go so aggressive as to go 12 and 0 with this one just purely because of the run game at this point and that's what that that's what concerns me moving forward here. I'm going to go 11 and one. And again, I think it needs to be 11 and one. The opportunity there is for 11 wins. But if there's something that concerns me, it is this this run game potentially costing them a game at some point. John. Well, so Travis mentioned this earlier about uh, he he used the he used you, you, Travis used the line when they moved from the zone run to the gap scheme and we and we started to see a little more movement. I don't people keep asking is it an offensive line issue? Is it a running back issue? I'm going to say I think it's a play calling issue and the timing with which the play calls happen and the type of run plays that we're trying to run. For whatever reason we're not getting the rhythm that we typically get and it feels like whenever we make some momentum it's then we run it outside on a sweep or we do something stupid. It's like I don't even want to talk about which running back it is. Clearly, they've made their decision, whether that's because of injury, see Toby Rowland in the morning, whether that's because of injury or because we really think that these are our guys, Marcus Major and Tawi Walker. Let's roll with Marcus Major and Tawi Walker. Tawi Walker's a stud. He's done nothing but look really, really good. I'm fine with it, but let's put him in positions to win, right? Let's run those type of running plays that have been our bread and butter. Let's see those offensive linemen, give them a chance to be athletic and dominant. And let's keep a rhythm going. If we're going to try to run the ball, let's run it and be aggressive. And if we're not going to run it and be aggressive with the gap schemes, then just throw the ball because we can throw the ball well. We don't have to run wide. We don't have to do some of those things that are kind of setting us behind the chains and putting us in bad spots. So for me, it's not the offensive line or the running backs. It's the play caller and really kind of some of the play timing. 
918. So let's get to uh, some text line submissions here. Again, uh, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. After a four-game sample size, how many wins will OU have in the regular season? That's the question. 918-11. It's hard for 20-year-olds to focus every single week. Peyton says 10-2 and two with a loss to Texas and TCU, but still make the Big 12 championship. Greg from Lawton says, I'm jumping on the bus and recreating the 2000 season. Defense leads us to an undefeated national championship Let's season. Go. Let's go. Puma 405 says, homers, the refs will screw us in one to two road games. They will finish with a nine and three record. Tulsa Boomer says 11 because the team seems to be playing better in the fourth quarter. 918, two losses, BYU and Texas slash UCF. Uh, 720, kind of where I'm at. It should be 11, but 405 says 11. So I think most people are, you know, 11 wins. Some are at 10, some are at 12. I would say the, the majority, though, is at 11 wins. And, yeah, I, I mean, you, you were at, you're at you're in a spot now that where I thought you'd be. You, you've started off 4-0 and here. The rest of the schedule looks right. Some are still a little bit concerned about a BYU game or a TCU game, but – I think you're a lot better than BYU or TCU up to this point. I, you're going to be favored in 11 of 12 regular season games. The only game that you will be an underdog against or, or in, and I think it's going to be a small underdog, is against Texas. So I, I think even the the analytics at this point would tell you that 11-1 is in pretty good shape. Well, everyone outside 24-7 sports, I should guess, because they go with their predicted record for every 5-0 and team right now. They've got OU at 10-2. and the adage that teams take their biggest step forward between years one and years two applies to Oklahoma, which is 4-0 to begin its second season under Brent Venables. The, stu- the Sooners still have their biggest test ahead of them, and it is fair to question whether they made enough improvement in one offseason to beat a top-three Texas team. A road trip to BYU in season finale versus TCU are sneakily difficult, too. So what do you think about that? T- uh, 24-7, Scott, uh, OU at 10-2. and two. Big issue with that, Travis? What do you think? Big issue with that, 24-7? I don't think it's – it's hard for me to take a big issue with that. I think a lot of, you know, a lot of people are still probably not convinced by the defense quite yet. Um, You know, maybe they don't have high opinions of Emory Jones or Preston Stone um, or any of these teams. I mean – I I get the hesitancy. I mean, we talk about it, Tyler. We cover this team. We talk OU football, you and I do, year-round, right? And we know the recruiting classes. Heck, we know the name of the 2026 kids. We know people that we've missed out on. We know the depth chart, forward and back. We know where these people are from. We know all the coaches. We know historical data on them. We know all this. But it's just you you can't – when, when these 247 guys hop on, they're looking at last year, what happened last year, and then this year. I mean, heck, I like I like Joel and Gus a lot. But when Gentry Williams was in coverage, they said, oh, you know, OU's uh, having to battle these undersized corners. I'm like, bro, Gentry's six foot. Like, yeah, maybe approaching 6'1". Like, if, like if, if Gentry's an undersized corner, then every NFL team starts at least one undersized corner because there's not a bunch of six four six five corners running around. So like stuff like that, like calling our corners undersized or 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 them knowing a ton about Desam McCullough because that was a huge offseason story, even though he had only played what three snaps up to that point, five snaps up to that point of getting the start. And like so like that kind of stuff that kind of shines a light on maybe the way two four seven is 
kind of approaching it is, oh, well, you know, OU's OU. If they turn around some games, they should win 10 games. Instead of actually seeing why. I mean, you're even looking at it with Matt Campbell, Tyler. You're, he's, he's saying in the presser, just like you brought up, yeah, well, the offense, you know, Dylan Gabriel, he's got six years' experience with Jeff Levy. First of all, no, he doesn't. But second of all, it's he just says, ah, oh, the defense is doing good things. Bro, the defense is is ranked ahead of yours in scoring defense. It's one of the it's the number two scoring defense in the country. The play it's made massive strides, and even him, even Matt Campbell, even a coach that's in this same conference that's about to play OU, Tyler, is saying, yeah, that offense, man, that's what it is. So I'm not shocked that two four seven has that. Georgia twelve and zero. That's what they're going to finish at, according to 24-7. Michigan is going to finish 12-0 in the regular season as well. And how about it? The University of Texas is going to finish 12-0 as well. It says, with its toughest game already out of the way, there's an there's a intro for you. Yikes. With its toughest game already out of the way, all Texas needs to do is to post its first undefeated regular season since 9 is take care of business against lesser competition. That, of course, has not been their strength in recent years, but this team appears different from the rest. Making matters easier, they get all of their toughest remaining opponents, Kansas, Oklahoma, and Kansas State at home. So that is a seriously flawed paragraph that we just read there. Um they do not they get OU in the state of Texas there. I they they get them half at home, really. Uh, but whatever, they, they've got Texas going 12 now. I, I, do, I'll, do you I'll think Chad GPT wrote that? Uh, I think they're smarter than that, Travis. Yeah, I, I mean, listen, I think Texas can go 12. I think if if Texas beats OU, they have every reason to think they're going to go 12-0. and Like, I don't think that's unreasonable. But the way that article's written or yes. that snippet yeah. is crazy town, right? I mean, that's that's not the case. That's not what's going on. Um Here's the reality. The reality is for Oklahoma and Texas, this is a 13-game season, okay? Because we're going to play once on October 7th, and we're going to play. It sure feels that way right now, man. And it's who, it, it yeah. really, listen, I really think we can win. Not we can. I think we will win on October 7th. The bigger question is, can we, will we win December 3rd? December, December 2nd or 3rd. December 2nd or 3rd. I mean, yeah. that's the game, right? That's the play-in game for the playoff right there for, for both schools because – the Big 12 is so down. And, and to say that we're going to lose to TCU, it's just – that's not even – it's they're not any good. Yeah. TCU is not good this year. Uh, yes, they were at the playoff last year. Yes, they beat a Michigan team to make it to the finals. And that's awesome, but this is not the same TCU team. They're not even in the same ballpark. And that's why I say, you know, I think it's 11. You think it's 11. Travis is, thinks it's 11 as well. Like, through four games, how OU is going to finish. But it needs to be 11 because it, as, as things sit today, is OU one of the four best teams in the country? No. Probably no. not. I mean, there, there's a lot of teams that are, are flawed out there, but probably not, right? But that's not really how the playoff works, does it? Like, the four best teams don't always make it into the four-team playoff. OU has a real opportunity to push for an 11-win regular season, and then it comes down to that Big 12 championship game. Maybe if you win that game, you're in the playoff. And what a massive step that would be, right, from a 6-7 and seven year to a year where you go to the college football playoff. Again, I'm probably with you. I am with you. I don't think that they're one of the four best teams right now. 
But with the path that's laid out in front of them, I don't think it's crazy to think that they have one of the four if best. they win in a week and a half, that, yeah, they could they could get into that thing. Man. They have one of the four best chances. Sure, You could look yeah. at it that way. ESPN FBI thinks they have the second best chances as it Yeah, just based right on now. schedule and yeah. all of that. Absolutely. So the, the opportunity is there, Travis, that we thought was going to be there during the preseason. This team's got to take advantage of it. That's, I think it's as, as simple as that. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's right there in front, but it's – it comes down to making the layups, right, Tyler? We talk about this yep. year-round. Comes down to making the layups. Comes down to making the layups. But it's 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 weird. Yeah, it's down. And I do think the, the fact that defense travels. The other thing that travels is a run game, so I do have some concerns there. We can get into that uh, another segment. But, you know, w- once that comes around fully, I'll feel a lot better about my 11-win 11, uh, 11 you know, prediction. What's going on at Andy B's? Man, we got uh, we got some kids showing up for after school, looking to get their bowl on for sure. We've I've seen them pour into the arcade side. You can hear the lanes behind me, but I'm really excited. Service industry night starts 7 p.m. goes to close. Seven dollar unlimited bowling for everybody that works in the service industry with beer and food specials. Kids eat free on Wednesdays with every adult entree. So get the get the rascals and get them up here. And then, of course, they've got that Oklahoma City location that's opening later this fall at 11917 North Pennsylvania Avenue in Oklahoma City. So uh, they're, they're putting a lot of money into this place, uh, and, and it's showing already. Really excited for what's to come here at Andy B's. Brian O'Haver, 405-735-5510. And, John, uh, you guys routinely get your clients – 30 to 40% more money than doing it on their own. So that, that, give you a call before, uh, during, or even after the process. Really, it kind of sounds like whatever stage you're in. Before sounds like the best, but whatever stage you're in, it sounds like you can help someone out. Tyler, we had a client that filed with their insurance company for a broken pipe and a water heater, and they denied the claim three times and claiming it was long-term seepage versus a, a instant leak. Uh, we, they hired us. We were determined that the leak was not long-term, and we were able to get the insurance company to overturn their denial. Let me be real clear. We're not attorneys. We're not taking a ginormous percentage like an attorney would or anything like that. We are adjusters. We know how to read the policy and follow the policy. We're able to get, turn this denial into getting the client paid, allowing them to fix their stuff, and getting it taken care of. Give us a call, 405-735-5510. Go check out the Boomer Bevo podcast. John's a co-host with his Texas buddy, uh, who also works here, Kevin Miller. Find that wherever you find podcasts. You guys doing, what, five episodes maybe this week for OU Texas Well, week? yeah, so we're going to do – we're actually going to record tonight. We've got a preview for uh, the Oklahoma-Iowa State matchup and the Texas-Kansas matchup, and then we'll do a recap on Sunday, and then we will do five episodes mm. – for what I like to like, I like to affectionately refer to as hate week, because it's when you really truly just get to express your inner hate, and there's nothing better. There's nothing great. better. It's easy to hate those guys too. I always say it, but OU uh, picked the best rival in the entire country. They're easy to make fun of. They consistently disappoint. Um, it's it's just it, it's just so easy. So easy to hate them. You dominated them recently. I just there, there's a lot. There's a lot there. Absolutely, That's I love it. To be I love it. About. It's the easiest podcast to host every week. Uh, okay, we'll talk more OU football coming up next, right here on the Ref for the Homo Sooner fans. Do you eat, sleep, and breathe Sooner football? We do too. This is the Ref, home of Sooner fans. Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson, John Whitson, co-host of the Boomer Bebo podcast, all with you until six p.m. 
Here is kind of the internet Twitter rumor of the day. No, it is not David Stone going to Missouri. That is not a real thing. Don't believe that. Uh, but there's some news on Clemson. Mark Ryan tweets out, quote, Stay very tuned, a Clemson senior administrator said when asked how soon a Clemson ACC departure could be announced. Quote, sooner than later. So I guess there's a feeling out there in the ACC that Clemson could be departing soon for the SEC or the Big Ten. If Clemson's leaving, that means Florida State's leaving. Um, okay. Do you know I, you know how we, right. we you know how we just kind of a couple segments ago talked about Matt Campbell missing the window? Yeah. I think Clemson has missed the window. Well, I think they're past. I mean, you know what I'm getting saying? back to where they were. Man. So if you're going to go to the SEC, I, I I really believe, and I'm sure this is the major homer talking, that Oklahoma is an ascendant state in the program. We see it with recruiting. We see it with the energy being brought by the coach. We see it with all the good things that are happening around the program to, to head into the SEC, right? We're ascending. I don't get that same vibe from Clemson. I don't know if Clemson fan would say something different, but I feel like they've missed the window if they were going to jump to the they SEC. Lost tw- they lost two games in the month of September. I, I definitely couldn't say and that. Haven't, and haven't looked good. Yeah. So what, they're 2-2. Two and two. They've lost. So they lost their bowl game, and they lost to South Carolina. And I know that OU had a bad year last year. Don't get me wrong. But Clemson's, what, lost two of their past six games? Two of their – or, excuse me, Clemson's won two of their past six games? Two and four in their last six, and look how well great. And look how well DJ's doing uh, with Oregon. Oregon State. Yeah, it, it, it's uh, it's it's so like when we lost Spencer Rattler, we the 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 talk around was look how good Spencer Rattler's going to do when he gets to South Carolina. He's had some good games, but he's still been up and down, just like he was at Oklahoma. Ugalele, on the other hand, is going crazy out there and, and has Oregon State ranked. Well, at least they were ranked going into last week. So they've been. I, I don't know. It's it's fascinating. I I think they missed the window. I don't want Clemson in the SEC, Travis. Uh, I think OU has gotten and will continue to get an SEC bump in recruiting. I don't want Clemson to enjoy that. I don't want Florida State to enjoy that. If Clemson and FSU are indeed leaving the ACC, fine. But I hope they're going to freeze up north in the Big Ten. Yeah, you know, we don't it's kind of one of those where we're automatically the gatekeepers, right? We we barely we haven't even got there yet and we're we're already acting, you know, like how A&M was. No, you can't join. You can't join. This is only for us. This is only going to benefit us. No. Um, you know, but I don't know. I I obviously don't want them joining the SEC. I think it I don't think there's probably an OU fan out there that does. I don't think there's a Texas fan out there uh that wants them to join. I think part of this Tyler may be um, maybe they saw OU in Texas's sweet deal. Uh, the details of that, you know, be reported that OU in Texas didn't see the financial trouble uh, getting out of the Big 12 like a lot of people figured they would, and maybe that bolstered Clemson and Florida State to say, hey, you know what, maybe we, uh, maybe we can have some luck getting out of our grant of rights deal. But I'm not quite there on saying that, uh, you know, Clemson is, you know, on the decline fully. You know, they lost to two, you know, lost lost to a good team and then lost to a what I think is a really good team. In the total team talent composite, they've still got a top five roster. Uh, they've got two top ten players committed right now in the 2024 class. I mean, the talent is still there, especially when you compare it to the rest of the ACC. It goes them and then Florida State's down at 20 and then it's everybody else. So, when it comes to if they were to stay in the ACC, I think they'll be no worse than a top two 
team there for, you know, the next few years. Um, but Dabo's Dabo's certainly got some things to figure out. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. All right, let me read a few texts here. I don't think Venables would like Clemson in the SEC either, not out of fear, of course. Drew from Flower Mound says, guys, how are we going to beat Texas? I think y'all forgot something. Inside Texas says we don't have any wide receivers. And from the 405, wouldn't it be epic if KU beats Texas? You guys think they have a shot. That's from Ronaldo in the village. Yeah, I definitely think KU has a shot. I'll, I'll pick Texas to win that game in Austin, but I don't I don't think it's going to be easy at all for Texas to beat uh, to beat Jalen Daniels down there on the 40 acres. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if you and Kevin talked about it on the Boomer Bevo podcast, but the receipts from that could be incredible in about two weeks' time. The guys, I, I don't think it was inside Texas. I think it was Orange Blood saying, I never even heard of these guys at wide receiver. Jaleel Farouk, who, 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 who is that? Like, I, I'd say pay better attention on the Texas side because OU's wide receivers have been not just better. John, they've been really good this year, really good. No, and all, all summer, going back into uh, spring ball, the question was who's the number one receiver, right? We lose Marvin Mims. Who's the number one receiver? Who's the number one receiver? Andrew Anthony has answered the bell. That guy is playing at a really, really high level, and he is turning into that guy, and it's it's really fun to watch. And Farouk, I, I don't know, it seems like he is relishing that second guy, right? The pressure is not necessarily on him, but he gets to go make plays. He gets to kind of shine in that space. And, you know, Stoops is as good a slot receiver as there is in the country. So uh, I'm not – Don't you forget about that Nick Anderson guy. Oh, my gosh. You might need to throw him in there. I'm not trading – Kevin and I had this conversation on the podcast where he was going on and on about uh, Jalen Ford, their linebacker. And I said, it's really nice that you'll have a really good linebacker, but I'm not trading my linebacker for y'all's, right? I, I'll take Stutzman every day of the week. And I got to be honest, though, when the season started, when you look at their lineup of receivers, I'm thinking to myself, my goodness, those guys are really, really good, just if, if in name only. But as we're getting closer to the matchup, I'll take our guys. Like, I'll take our guys every day of the week. Because they're really, really showing out. They look really, really good. The only, in terms of somebody who catches the ball that makes me nervous or where I think we're at a deficit is at the tight end. Uh, they, they got an edge there Jatavion sure. Sanders yes. is pretty good. And somehow, Levy has forgotten that we even have a tight end on the field. So, you know, from that standpoint, that's the deficit that makes me nervous in the past catching game. But I love where our wide receivers are. I love the emergence of Andrew Anthony as number one. And if Nick Anderson can keep doing the things that Nick Anderson does, my God, he's going to be good. Yeah, I think that was kind of an under-the-radar storyline, Travis, for us after the Cincinnati game. I'm not sure if we – I mean, I'm sure we brought up that Nick Anderson had a had a touchdown in the game. But, you know, how involved he was going to be, how big of a game, like how could he capitalize off the biggest game of his career against Tulsa, I, I think was an interesting element to that OU-Cincinnati game. And he backed it up by having – a few really nice catches and another touchdown in a game where not a whole lot of touchdowns were scored. So I, I would say, all in all, a, a positive what Nick Anderson did after that three-touchdown performance against Tulsa. Yeah, what I liked about his performance, probably most specifically, is the way they used him on his touchdown catch. A lot of those plays, so they started him out on the right side of the formation, and they ran him across behind the line of scrimmage. Almost, It almost looked like one of maybe an Andy Reid drawn-up type play where, you know, I think it was Stoops that ran out into the flat on the left, and Nick Anderson kind of came behind the line of scrimmage, and he threw him the ball. He was able to kind of knife through uh, the second level and get, get the touchdown. 
I, I like that. I think that's a good sign because it's showing that they don't think he's just a go ball guy. Hey, go, just just run as fast as you can. We'll throw it up, or you know, go run a post or do do something like that. And I, I like that they're getting him involved in some more creativity because it tells me that they understand the need to get the ball in his hands. So that was probably what was most encouraging about his performance to me. You know, it's funny. You look at the two leading receivers for OU and Iowa State heading into this week, John. Uh, Noel, their, their leading receiver, 20 receptions for 202 yards and one touchdown. Okay, all right. He's got 20 receptions. Andrew Anthony has 21 receptions on the year. And I think this goes to show that it feels like every time Andrew Anthony catches the ball, it's a big play, mostly because he's their deep ball guy. Andrew Anthony, just one more catch than Jalen Noel but he's got uh, 170 more yeah. receiving yards this year on one more catch than that guy. Well, and that's the thing, though, is he's not he's not just a big play guy, although his big plays are yeah. spectacular. He's catching the ball all over the place, you know, and he's just really – he's the possession receiver. He's the big play receiver. He's the guy that DG's looking for when he kind of gets in trouble. I, I love what Andrew Anthony's brought to the team in terms of consistency and, and, um, and results, and it's a – pretty exciting deal to watch because he he kind of gets lost in the emergence of nick anderson because nick anderson is a physical freak that to travis's point they need to keep figuring out ways to get the ball in his hands and it looks like they're trying to but andrew anthony is just steady steady eddie and it's it's pretty solid and farouk's got some moves in the open field man yards after catch this wide receiver core has been needing it haven't had the the punch that it's had in previous years and he he gives you that dude that's that's for sure and so does nick anderson some other guys as well 405-651-3439 we'll make it a point we'll, we'll get to a ton of text coming up next right here on the ref we are the home of suitor fans the Ref Radio Sports Network is powered statewide by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510. Rush on the Ref, Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson, John Whitson, co-host of the Boomer Bebo podcast, and with Brown O'Haver joins us as well. You have another example here from Brown O'Haver? Yeah, absolutely. You've given us, I think, three already that have been fantastic. So uh, I, I know you got a fourth there sitting in front. Yeah, of Yeah, we had a client at our uh, had a fire at her home, but in addition to the fire being at her home, she had several products for her business stored there. So our team had to work diligently to separate the business items from her personal items, make sure that we properly documented and provided a price for each item using receipts, photos, detailed research. Once our insurance company was able to review our list and documentation, we received the confirmation that the inventory was going to be paid to the exact dollar amount we asked for. Why that's important is because we're not a one-person shop. We have 12 employees. In this case, we had four employees dedicated to this client. That tells you what kind of full-time job it can be to process an insurance claim. We had four. Sounds like a five-star recruit. Yeah. We had four, uh, four full-time employees working on one person's claim to make sure she got paid you can't you can't put that much time in your own claim like and that's what the insurance company's counting on is that you're not going to do that that you're not going to spend that time that you're not going to invest what it takes in order to get paid the full and fair value on your insurance claim so that's why you need to hire us we're licensed by the state of oklahoma we get our clients 30 to 40 percent more than they get on their own if you've had a loss call us 405-651-3439 
405-735-5510. Travis is at Andy B's in Tulsa. Here's the text line. They should get it to Jaden Gibson, too. In the Cincinnati game, looked like they had some 5-5 guys covering him. Travis, correct me if I'm wrong here, but it feels like every time they've given Jaden Gibson a chance and every time it's been a catchable ball, he's made a play every single opportunity he's had. It feels like he's had about four catches this year in tight coverage, and he may have should have had a touchdown, and Gabriel overthrew him in the end zone against Cincinnati. But he's been fantastic. Yeah, yeah, he has, and he's been catching the ball in in a mess, right? I mean, I think I think that the, his fir- his only three catches before Cincinnati, each one of them, there was a guy literally blanketed on him, right? And then obviously he's got the catch against Cincinnati, and then you bring up the touchdown. That's a ball that Gabriel's got to hit, no doubt. But I think. Uh, Maybe Gabriel had a little bit too much confidence in the 6-5 receiver to go up and get it. So, uh, you know, we've talked about Gabriel having confidence in his wide receivers, but it may have been a possibility that uh, he thought they were a little taller and a little faster. Um, so maybe maybe he needs to tick down that confidence a little bit. Sooner Gary says it goes under the radar because it's not flashy, but our receivers are really good blockers as well. Um, I think um, – a lot of that is, well, a lot of that is ability. A lot of that is effort, too, and I think you're seeing a lot of effort there. You know you're going to get that from Drake Stoops, but you're seeing it from guys like Nick Anderson as well. I, yes, they, they've made it a point to be good blockers on the outside, too, as best as I can tell. Absolutely. They're blocking for each other. Now we just need to get a block for the running backs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Put put uh, put put some of those guys on the offensive yeah, line. Yeah, put Drake That's... Stoops at right guard. Let's nine one eight with Harrington out with a torn ACL. Who do you guys expect to get uh, more snaps at Cheetah? I, I think that could look very similar the rest of the year as to what it did um, last week, Travis. I think Desan McCullough is going to continue to play a lot there, and Peyton Bowen's not going away. I mean, you're c- going to continue to see twenty two out there as a true freshman a ton for the rest of the year. M- maybe even more as the year goes on. Yeah, I think Kendall Dolby will play a ton back there, too. He went in, and, uh, you know, that's that's one of those things when you have such good corner depth, Tyler. It's, you know, you got Gentry on one side. Kanai Walker is having a really good season, uh, better than I think a lot of us except, expected in the preseason. Uh, and then, obviously, Woody Washington holding it down in his 13th year uh, as starting corner at Oklahoma. So um, I, I think you want they want Kendall Dolby to get on the field because here's the thing. When DeSamacola got here, he had never played anything where he had to cover anybody, right? He was rushing the passer. He played a little bit of outside linebacker, but he, he played a lot of edge. So when he gets here, he needs to learn how to cover. But Justin Harrington, you know, secures that starting spot, and then DeSamacola gets hurt, right? So DeSamacola getting in there, and, yes, he got, he got uh, cooked on that wheel route, but, you know, that's going to happen. That's going to happen, and he recovered, and it got cleaned up right behind him. But with that, I think when you see more of a coverage base, I think you're going to see a ton of Peyton Bowen and a ton of Kendall Dolby. I'll read this one from Softball Steve because I know John is passionate about this subject. Softball Steve, like all text, sends this in in all caps. Now I know why I don't like Buckeyes. Ryan Day is an obnoxious, loudmouth, mediocre, overrated, Lou Holtz physically disabled, can't walk without help, so Day was a real big man calling out an elderly Lou. Ryan Day sucks. It, Ryan Day, that was the <laughs> weakest clapback in the history of clapbacks. It was so bad. What are you doing calling out Lou Holtz? He is a national treasure when it comes to college football. The guy was the coach at Notre Dame. He won the last national championship for Notre Dame. He can say whatever he wants. 
you just beat Notre Dame in Notre Dame on the final play of the game, and the first thing you can think of is to call out Lou Holtz. It's the weakest thing in the world. I couldn't agree with that guy more. I, I don't I can't even you can't even think about what is as weak as that is because that's how weak it is. It's it's so far out there. And here's the thing. They all want to be like Deion Sanders. They all want to act like they can create chips on their shoulder for their players because that's what Dion does. They're literally chasing Dion. Ryan Day shouldn't chase Dion. You're the coach at Ohio State. Yeah. You beat Notre Dame. They were favored to do so. It's Ohio versus the world. It's yeah. always been that stop way. It. You were just, a three-point favorite on the road. stop it. Notre it was Day. weak. It was weak. Uh, Drew from Flower Mound, speaking of Lou Holtz, I hope for the sake Michigan runs through Ohio State. Yeah, I've been enjoying that the past couple of years. As well. I'm not the biggest Michigan fan, but I have enjoyed uh, Michigan. Literally, Drew, you, you said it right, running through Ohio State. That's exactly what's been happening in that game uh, for the past two years. Hey, Travis, what's going on at uh, Andy B's up there in Tulsa? Man, people just keep on strolling in, man, keep on strolling in. I uh, I typically uh, am not hanging around Andy B's uh, right before 5 on Wednesdays. Usually I'm at home doing the spot. But, man, I'm excited to be here for the rest of football season, man. They, uh, they're they staying busy, no doubt. They had a big bowling league uh, finishing up right when I got here, and now people are consistently flowing in. Uh, I'm sure they're excited for the, the go-kart track to be doubled with all brand-new go-karts. Um, excited for the events. Obviously, some kids coming through probably to eat free, uh, as they do every Wednesday with an adult entree. Uh, and then I'm sure starting at 7, we'll start to see those servers and bartenders coming through as it's $7 unlimited bowling which seems insane to me i thought it wasn't written correctly at first but seven dollars unlimited bowling 7 p.m to close for the service industry folks lou holtz is a buffoon that's from the 918 sooner gary says tbun you'll get that if you think of tbow tbun uh up north is the uh, last two letters i think you can get the uh, tb part of it <laughs> I, I don't think you'll have to work that hard uh 918 uh ryan day isn't even from ohio either lol <laughs> yeah it's amazing isn't it 915 sooner my money is on peyton bowen getting his first interception against texas that would uh that'd be sweet getting it on quinn ewers maybe on a deep ball he's the kind of player stretch the field he's the kind of player that can do it that that would He's a Feels ball- like a big game player. Man, he's a ball hawk, dude. I love it. Let's go. 405-651-3439. More of your text. More OU football as well right here on The Ref. This hour of The Rush is brought to you by Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers. Check out your local dealers for great purchase and lease deals on the full line of Buicks and GMC trucks. Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers bringing you the sour of the rush. Current Big 12 odds are out. Not a surprise through four weeks, but OU and Texas still listed uh, with the with the two best odds out there. Texas minus 140 to win the conference. Oklahoma plus 240 to win the conference. So a decent little gap there between Texas and OU. And I feel like OU is going to win the conference. That's some pretty good odds there at plus 240. But it looks like the odds makers feel the way that you do, John. Um, Texas minus 140, OU plus 240, and then there's a pretty big gap after that. Kansas State plus 650, Kansas plus 1800, TCU plus 2000, UCF plus 3000. Sounds to me that if you're picking the two teams to play in the Big 12 championship at the end of the year, you're, you're going to OU in Texas. Yeah, it's a no-brainer. It's a no- we will play Texas twice this season. And so it, it makes you wonder, it, 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 clearly the one on October 7th is important. They all are. 
But even if we were to somehow falter, we can continue to play and know we're going to have a chance to play them again, redeem ourselves just like we did in Kyler's year to go to the playoffs. I mean, that's what you have this year is almost everything but a guarantee that you're going to play Texas twice this year. I mean, that's just the that's just the way this Big 12 is shaping up. And it's so whole, you're ruling out Kansas State, not buying into Kansas stuff there. That they I'm not buying into Kansas State. You're losing to Missouri. Missouri's not that good. Um, I I think Texas probably takes care of K State and will have whatever tiebreaker there. So no, I'm not buying into K State. It'll be interesting to see what a tiebreaker. I wonder what what do you think the tiebreaker would be if we had a one loss and K State had one loss. And that one loss was – Well, you don't have head-to-head, of course, so – It's going to be interesting as we get closer, I yeah. guess. But I see K-State losing a couple games. Travis, you as confident as John it's going to beat OU in Texas, or are you still putting Kansas State, Kansas, UCF, and some others in the mix? Yeah, I'm going to uh, I'm, I'm gonna kind of pump the brakes a little bit on it uh, just because I've seen Texas lose so many games when they were more talented. This is what Sark does. This is what Texas does. I mean, I'm not fully just going to say, hey, look, we're playing them twice no matter what. I think, yeah, Kansas uh, has looked uh, good, obviously. Kansas State, you know, if they can get it figured out. I I mean, I I don't think it's any guarantee Texas only loses one game um, or loses no games. We don't have any evidence to back that up. I think Quinn is up and down. Their defense has been good, but their run game has been actually worse than ours on a a – you know, game on a per game basis with total yards. So they've got some things to figure out in Austin, no doubt. And I think it's still, I mean, we're what everybody's what one game into, into conference play. Like it, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff that could, uh, that could still happen. But now with the tiebreakers, I think it goes common opponent next, doesn't it? So uh, it would be record against common opponents. Yeah, I think that's right. Oki Tom, by the way, got really good odds. Uh, congratulations to him. I bet OU plus 350 to win the Big 12 before the season started. Plus 240, if you, you can get it right now, that's good odds for OU to win the league. Plus 350, that's about as uh, – that's, 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 some, that's some real good odds. You won't get OU at plus 350 uh, at any point this year. 918, Sark has historically – underperformed as a head coach. Texas has under, underperformed for so long. The last time they didn't, the iPad hadn't even been released yet. What makes us think that these two underperformers actually work? Listen, strong agreement. He underperformed at Washington. He underperformed at USC. And he has underperformed at Texas. The problem is the Big 12 Conference is so bad that I think his underperformance – is going to be overshadowed by an incredibly weak Big 12. And then they go back to normal in the SEC. Just go back to normal in, in the SEC. Absolutely. Better teams. They regress to the mean. Final hour of The Rush is coming up next right here on The Ref. Hey, Sooner fans, we've got you covered 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. No, we don't get a break. <laughs> this is the home of Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. You're listening to the home of Sooner fans, KREF, Norman, Oklahoma, and streaming live on the KREF app.